Yo, what's good? My name is Drake Demore, and you're listening to Wind City Sports, Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast on CJAM 99.1 FM, where we are now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. New episodes of Wind City Sports drop here on CJAM every Thursday, live at 8 p.m. Replays are now on Fridays at 4.30 p.m. You can hear all of our old shows on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and much more. We'll talk all about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. Today is Thursday, July 26, 2017, and it is episode 106 of Wind City Sports. Earlier this month in Windsor at the Ambassador Golf Club, the Windsor Championship took place as part of the PGA Canada's Mackenzie Tour. Today our guest is the winner of that tournament from Bellflower, California. It's Mark Anguiano. Mark talks about becoming a pro, joining the PGA Tour, some other tours that he's done, uh, training on and off of the course, and what winning the Windsor Championship means for him. Where does he go from here on the Mackenzie Tour? All of those questions answered, plus we talk some golf in general. Our first golf guest that we've ever had here on Wind City Sports. So let's get right into it. Following the interview, we'll have some time to talk about some local sports news and upcoming events. Around right now is normally the time that you'd hear a PSA from CJAM, but we're going to skip that and jump right into the interview with Mark Angiano of the PGA and winner of the Windsor Championship of the McKenzie Tour. Completely uninterrupted and unedited, so here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Just when we were setting it up, too, uh, one thing I found interesting. I didn't think that you would be in Toronto right now. What's going on out there? It's the uh, next uh, Mackenzie Tour event okay. in Caledon. Okay. So we just got here this morning and just got to the golf course. Cool. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to talk Checking about. Uh, yeah, where you're going on the tour from there. I just uh, found that kind of interesting. So let's talk about yourself to get started. Uh, how long have you been golfing? Like, how long has it been in your life? started playing golf when I was 12, um, played baseball, basketball, soccer, fortunately, unfortunately, no hockey, uh, <laughs> played a little bit of football, um, all before I started golf. And then, yeah, how I started, uh, I basically went to like a summer camp, um, at this local golf course by where I grew up and got hooked immediately, started loving it right away. And eventually later on down the road next year started playing golf every Saturday morning with my dad and uncle um, and that was really fun and after that I just really wanted to get better uh, see if I can do something with it mm-hmm. and through high school just kept improving every year learning a lot about the game uh, kind of was self-taught and eventually started seeing a coach uh, close to home and um, just yeah just the goal, I guess, for me growing up was to just get a little better, um, you know, through, throughout those high school years and try to get into a college team, and that's uh, that's what I did. Played at Cal State Fullerton from 2010 to 2014. That's in Southern California. And, yeah, I mean, same thing. I, get, I got better every year, um, and I realized I was good enough my senior year to try the professional rank. I turned pro in 2014, and still after it. It's been almost four years now being a professional golfer, so mm-hmm. it's been an awesome ride. 
That's sweet, man. Um, so, like, obviously, like you said, you had played other sports growing up. Was there ever, like, a moment or something that happened that golf kind of took over? Like, uh, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, so I was still playing baseball, like, freshman year of high school, and golf was starting to come into the picture a lot more. And I was on the freshman baseball team, and I just, something about it, I just liked it less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very good baseball player. I just wasn't big enough yet at the time. I was like five three, hundred five pounds freshman year of high school. Um, so it, it seemed like it wasn't for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's how golf kind of came into the picture. I, I turned to that sport a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I would kind of skip some baseball practices and go to the driving range instead. That was a pretty <laughs> interesting decision. It worked out. So yeah, I mean that's definitely a sign too. Like you said, you're losing kind of your passion for one thing, and and literally substituting uh, golf. Like you said, you just rather go to the driving range, and that kind of speaks volumes. Yeah, definitely. So mm-hmm. is it is it big out there in Cali? Uh, because like you said, like you're kind of self taught, and you know here it's it's hit or miss. But is there a lot of like opportunity to play pro- not professionally but uh, competitively um, as a youth? Oh yeah, it's it's big in Southern California, and it's getting bigger. Um, there's so many golf courses to uh, go try starting golf. You know, as as a recreational golfer or a weekend golfer, um, it's a lot of public courses, and the weather is obviously great every day of the year. Um, yeah, that's pretty much like the main reason why golf's yeah. so popular down there. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it's you... because we have one season. It's like nice. It's nice weather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Did you have any inspiration from any other golfers? Like, were you watching it kind of while you were uh, not training, but you know, getting better and better? Were you watching golf and like guys like Tiger Woods or something? Yeah. Uh, so my first tournament I watched as a kid growing up was the 2006 U.S. Open. Oh, sweet. The one where Phil Mickelson blew the one-shot lead going to 18 at Wingfoot, and he sliced it way left into, like, the merchandise tent area and ended up making double. So that was the first tournament I watched. So I've, I've insta- I instantly became a Phil fan right away. And obviously Tiger, um, both of them being from Southern California, yep. um, how can you not root for them? Absolutely true. Good point. So you had mentioned that you've been uh, pro for a number of years now. How did that actually happen? Like, how does it unfold to become a pro? Well, it's, it's really simple, actually. Um, you can basically sign up for smaller mini tour events um, around the area, and it asks when you sign up if you want to be a pro or not. And huh. you either select yes or no. You check that box for yes, and you're officially a professional golfer. Um, it's pretty much that easy, but there's a lot more that goes behind it. Obviously, you gotta you gotta have the right team around you, um, and you gotta be realistic with yourself. Are you gonna be good enough to stick around for a while and move up in the ranks, just like anything else? Um, but yeah, it's really simple to to actually technically become a professional golfer. Um, there's not much to it. 
That's crazy. I would have never thought that. You know, like a lot of other sports, yeah. it's, it's about uh, like like. I, but you had mentioned though, you have to get in the tournament, so you have to get the experience, and that's how I figured. Kind of, you get yeah. your, your name out there, and I don't know if it's a like how you get on to be a pro, though. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all merit based from mm-hmm. there. Um, you just got to play better than everyone else to move up, um, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you're going to get kicked off. Whatever you know, whatever you're trying to get on. So that's uh, that's the hard part about it, but that's the great thing about it. It's all performance-based. There's no contracts where uh, guaranteed deals. It's all it's all how you're playing at that moment, at that year. Um, so basically, there's no job security, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary to think about, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, That's why you got to play your heart out, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like you had mentioned, uh, you have to have the right team around you, obviously, practicing and learning stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of an individual sport, right? So it's kind of freelance. You're out there, you know, playing almost for yourself. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, you have like swing coach. Um, basically, people have swing coach, uh, trainer at home, a mental coach, um, someone that's helping you book stuff here and there, like an agent, um, just to make your life a little easier. But uh, yeah, when it all comes down to it, you got to hit the golf shots at the right time to pull it off it's basically all on you so let's talk a little bit about some other um uh tournaments and stuff that you've been in with the pga or other notable uh organizations uh where have you been before coming to that windsor championship yeah so um 2015 and 2016 i was playing on pga tour latino america and in the summer of 2016 i actually qualified for the u.s open at Oakmont Country Club. And, you know, those experiences help a lot playing big tournaments like that, a major championship. Uh, it really goes a long way with uh, how you've handled that week. Um, and you can take that with you for future experiences like I did at Windsor. Um, just to hand- how you handle yourself and how to handle your surroundings. Um, so, yeah, that week was was very important for me. And 2017, I played the full year on the web.com tour. Was playing pretty good first half of the year and had a slight injury scare there in the middle of the year. And, um, yeah, basically that second half of that year really struggled with my game and kind of got booted off that tour, kept some status on that tour so that means I kept my card for that tour but I'm not getting starts the only way I would get starts this year would be to qualify for a tournament basically play my way into the rest of the tournaments by pretty much playing really well um, but I decided not to take that route this year I decided to play up here in Canada and try to learn how to win again up here and so far so good yeah I mean like like we said it's kind of a individual thing right so even if you might lose something. It's kind of a learning experience too. Exactly. Absolutely. You can't so. learn that much from winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you're not winning. That's where yeah. you, you better take something from that loss instead of just ignoring what just happened. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. We always say L stands for learning, not, uh, not losing. Exactly. So we talked about, uh, becoming pro and how, 
uh, surprisingly easy it could be, but uh, how do you become part of the PGA? Is it uh, kind of like you had mentioned, winning qualifiers to be part of these tours, or is there any kind of recruitment process, invitation, or tryouts, or anything like that? Yeah, so it's kind of a long explanation, so I'll do my best to cut it short. <laughs> and obviously, like, your story is a little compare, Yeah, I always try to compare um, how the minor league golf tours were compared. They com- I compare them to, like, how the baseball minor league work. Um, there's single-A, double-A, triple-A in the major league. And so the PGA Tour would be basically the major leagues. Yeah. Um, the Web.com Tour is triple-A. And PGA Tour Canada, the Kansas Tour is double A. So we're basically playing double A ball up here in Canada. And our goal, each player is trying to get to the web.com tour, which is triple A ball. And you do that by being in the top five on the money list at the end of the season. That gets you to the web.com tour. And then after that, you reassess your goals and try to get into the top 25 on that money list. Mm-hmm. And the top 25 on the web.com tour get their PGA Tour card for the next season. So that's basically how you move up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a membership, like not like sign-up kind of membership, but uh, uh, the association yeah, basically. Yeah, basically a right? membership. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, you're able to compete for like X amount of tournaments or, or tours or something like that? Or? Yeah, so once, once you have your PGA Tour card, you basically can play all those tournaments that you see on TV that the big names play. Wow. Um, but you got to go through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people start on the web.com tour. Some people start on the McKenzie tour. Um, just depending on, you know, how good they did at qualifying school. And qualifying school is essentially at the end of every year. Um, it's usually three stages, um, and each stage is four rounds. And you got to get through each stage. Um, there's a certain score you have to shoot at each stage to get to the next stage. Once you get to the final stage, um, you're basically playing for spots on the web.com tour. Okay. And if you can do that, you're on that web.com tour for that following year. And then once you're on the web.com tour, you can play for those top 25 spots to get on the PGA tour. I know it's all complicated, but. <laughs> well, it's pretty unique. Like, yeah. like you can, like you said, you can compare it to baseball, but really there's nothing like the, the process that goes into what, what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. I know baseball, you know, they have the draft, and so does basketball, so does hockey, so does football. Golf doesn't have a draft. Exactly. Um, it's basically, pretty... can you beat everyone? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you move up. So Last man standing. That's all that matters. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so we talked about, you know, uh, you're, you actually had made the decision to play in Canada, um, like you said, moving up in the ranks. Um, and also about qualifying for tournaments. How I think you also touched upon it, but how did you qualify for uh, the McKenzie Tour Windsor Championship? So, because I have a conditional status on the Web.com tour, meaning I still have my card for that tour, I'm able to come down to um, play on the McKenzie Tour Canada schedule, um, which is nice. I didn't have to qualify for this tour because of that. Um, so that's how I got into all the tournaments this year. Okay. And it kind of, it kind of helps knowing that I can do that, um, before the year even starts, I have some backup options, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's not just one way of getting there. There's different routes. 
Exactly. There's never one way of getting there. Everyone has their own way of getting to mm-hmm. the top, especially in golf. There's yeah. never one straight direction to do it. That's why it's unique and, and uh, like interesting and fun to watch, you know? Yeah, for sure. Did you have any specific preparation for the tournament? Like, how do you normally prepare for, for tournaments or anything like that? Well, in general, um, I usually get to a tournament, which they always start on Thursdays and end on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I always get here either Monday or Tuesday. We play a couple practice rounds and just to see the course and, you know, try to get to know it as well as possible, and, which is very important. Uh, never want to play a tournament not knowing you know what to do on that golf course yeah, is pretty much um, the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. um, so that's why you get there early um, get adjusted to maybe the time zone a little bit uh, get adjusted to the weather um, all that plays a factor really um, you want to prepare as well as possible um, while getting some rest in between so and so you're ready and fresh by Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to burn yourself out, right? That's the last thing you want to do, too. Yeah. you got to find that balance. <laughs> yeah. And like you mentioned, like there's no off-season, at least where you're from, right? So are you just doing most of your practicing on the course? Like you might go and play a game and just kind of try and fine-tune some stuff that you want to work on? Yeah, that's the nice thing about being back home um, in the winter. Um, it's always perfect weather. And that. Uh, you know, where I practice at home, there's a few other guys that are just like me trying to move up the ranks. Um, there's about at least half a dozen pros out there practicing too. So we always try mm-hmm. to go play and practice with each other and help us help each other out. And it really helps uh, seeing, you know, players of your caliber uh, work hard at it. Um, pretty motivating. And, and you got to make sure you're on top of your own game because or else you're going to fall behind. Yeah, it's it's a big community out there. I'm sure, like we touched upon, and it's it's growing and growing. So having those pros around you is incredibly beneficial. I'm sure. For sure, it's just like being around an, your own team, like yep. on any other team sport. You know, you want to be surrounded by players better than you. You know. Yep, absolutely. That's how you get better, and that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. Big time, man. Like, and uh, yeah. aside from like you know actually practicing stuff, and, and like you said, talking about just playing against people, do you do any like? dry land training like anything specific for for golf yeah so i have a trainer back at home um it's called four fitness golf performance um, he works with a lot of professional golfers a lot of uh, lady professional golfers he works with a few tennis players now um yeah i mean it's it's pretty specific for golf but in general you know he knows what he's doing he's also a physical therapist uh you know, it's so it's so dialed in these days with these trainers. Um, it's hard to really explain. Yeah, I know. You know what yeah. their what their intentions are, but uh, he does a really good job in in uh, knowing what each specific person he's working with, um, how to work with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really happy he's uh, worked with me uh, for the past couple of years. Um, especially when I'm on the road by myself, I know what to do sometimes you kind of get lost if you want to go work out and maybe bicep curls aren't the best thing for you <laughs> the day before a tournament uh, a lot of stretching a lot of rotational stuff a lot of abs um, you know you want to make sure your form's right you yeah. know when you're on the road by yourself you, the last thing you want to do is 
uh, is hurt yourself by doing something wrong. So Mm -hmm. that's something I've learned. Probably a lot of fundamentals too, right? Yes, definitely that. So uh, what did you think about the Ambassador Golf Club here in Windsor when you uh, were at the tournament? It's a great golf course. Um, I really love the layout. It's a beautiful routing. Um, more of a link style course, not not many trees. Um, the way the course is situated on the property, um, every hole is, has a different kind of wind. No two holes are like the same direction. Um, the crowds are great on the weekend. Um, unfortunately, they weren't really rooting for me. <laughs> they were rooting for uh, Taylor Pendrith and Michael Gligic on uh, the last two rounds. Um, I played a Taylor Saturday and Sunday, but that was that was a lot of fun. Taylor's a great guy, easy to play with. And Michael played in front of me the last two rounds. And yeah, it was nice to see the crowds out there. Um, very surprised by uh, the support that was going on out there for them. And, you know, they were respect- respecting of me and the other players out there as well. It, mm-hmm. was, it was noticeable. You know, we remember those things as players. Absolutely, man. Windsor does have a, a good yeah. golf community. It's just not something that we're known for, you know? That's good to hear. <laughs> that means I, I feel like the McKenzie Tour was very pleased how, with how the tournament was run. A lot goes into tournaments. Um, players know that. And for that to be a first-year tournament, um, it did not look like a first-year tournament. It looked like it was established for 30 years running. Yeah, um, That's how well-run it was. Mm-hmm. I heard nothing but positive reception from it, so you had to be doing something right, right? Exactly, exactly. So now that that tournament's all said and done, we had talked about briefly, now you're in Toronto going on to the next uh, tournament. Uh, so we'll just talk about this, this tour. So from here, uh, where do you go to the next tournament, or is this uh, is this the end? So the season's halfway over. We've played six events, and there's six more. Um, this week we're in Toronto for the seventh event of the season. After that, we got a week off, and then we got three more in a row. We go to Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. And then we have another little break after that. And then by that time, it's going to be September. Two more events left, um, which end in Montreal and London, Ontario. So uh, with those with those events remaining, uh, I'm glad to be where I'm at on the standings. Um, but I still want to push and try to climb the standings still. I'm, I'm yeah. fifth in the standings, and my goal is to get as high as possible. So. For, sure. For sure. There's still a lot of play left, right? So. Exactly. All right, man. Um, so my my last question actually was if you have any other like immediate goals in golf looking into the next year maybe, but I'm sure right now you're just kind of focused on this McKenzie Tour. Yeah, I try to take it uh, week to week. Yeah. Um, it's easy to think, you know, further down the road and what the big goals are, but um, in general the big goal is to play on the PGA Tour, you know, sooner or later hopefully sooner, you know, go through the web.com tour and get my PGA tour card for that tour next year. Um, that would be the best case scenario, but, um, yeah, I always take it week to week and try to see where I'm at and just keep my head down and fight hard. That's basically, um, how I take things. Um, you either give up sometimes when things aren't going your way, but you just got to keep fighting. And that's what I try to do. Absolutely, man. That's a great mentality to have. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I'm your host, Drake Tamore, and we're back here on the Wind City Sports Podcast, Windsor's only local sports podcast and radio show on CGM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. We just heard from Mark Anguiano, pro golfer from the PGA Tour. He is competing in the PGA Canada's Mackenzie Tour and is the winner of the Windsor Championship, the inaugural tournament at um, Ambassador Golf Course here in Windsor, as he talked about uh, playing there and, and in Canada. It's going to be an ongoing thing for the uh, PGA Canada's tour. Uh, obviously, being the first inaugural, we are expecting it to be back. Uh, it was a pretty cool conversation with Mark. Uh, it's interesting to see you know, how you become a pro. I didn't think it was so easy, I guess to say. I mean, just to kind of sign up. But, of course, you gotta, you got to do the work to get there. I thought it was kind of a recruitment thing where you, know, you win X amount of tournaments and you start to get... Demise on you, they kind of invite you onto the tour, but it's almost the opposite where you do have to do the work and you do have to get yourself in there. So, uh, yeah, it was, pre- it was pretty cool. If you listen to the radio version, the uh, interview is the exact same here on the podcast. We had uh, more than enough time to put that one in on the radio so I didn't have to cut it down like last week or next week, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on in the show. But right now, we have some time to talk about some local sports news. I want to start things off by giving 3D Global Sports Canada. So congratulations on representing Canada in the 2018 William Jones Cup out in Taiwan. They are now back-to-back 2017 and 2018 champions. They have won that tournament featuring countries from all around the world, obviously, including China, Taiwan, and and so much more. Uh, The team also featured uh, Windsor Lancers head coach uh, Chris Oliver leading that team to the championship. He was the head coach of uh, that team as well. And it also included some Windsor Express uh, players some uh, current players, I was going to say alumni, but I'm um, anticipating both these guys to be back in the fall for that uh, upcoming 2018-19 season. Logan Stutz and Shaquille Keith, congratulations to all three of them. Some Windsor ties uh, to this championship win. Shaquille Keith was named one of the Jones Cup's first team All-Stars. Following a 99-84 win over Japan, Canada took home the championship in that game. It's great to see Canada excelling in some other sports aside of the obvious. So uh, yeah, it was cool. And also to see some Windsor ties to the team. But in other news, our St. Clair Green Giants baseball team picked up two wins in a doubleheader on Sunday over the Xena Scouts, winning two close games at 2-1 and 2-0. Gibson's Kurzmeski and Miguel Cienfuegos were two of the stars of the afternoon, combined batting in all three runs for the Green Giants. They have a busy week this week as they took on the Irish Hills Leprechauns on Tuesday and Wednesday at Lacoste Park. They are playing the Lima Locos right now in Tecumseh and will rematch them tomorrow evening at 7.05 at Lacoste Park in Tecumseh. They return to the field on Sunday at 7.05 to take on the Saginaw Sugar Beets. The 24-year-old Brandy McBride and a native of Windsor, Ontario, beat a 10-year-old Canadian record en route to a silver medal and the 800 meters on Friday at Monaco Diamond League meet. McBride's time of 1 minute 43.20 seconds 
Top Gary Reed's run by just .49 seconds set on the same track in 2008. McBride was coming off a second place finish earlier this month at the Canadian Track and Field Championships in Ottawa. The Windsor's TFC Soccer Club is on the road as well this weekend. At 4 p.m., uh, they will be taking on the Derby FC on their home turf on Saturday afternoon. They picked up their third tie of the season, securing another point for the squad on their road game this past weekend with Pro Stars FC. They have yet to pick up a win this season. Still five regular season games following the Sunday's away game, four of which are at home. They will be back at Alumni Field in two weeks here in Windsor, Saturday, August 11th, when they battle the North Mississauga SC. And finally, our Windsor Rogues Rugby Club is off to their final regular season game this Saturday as they travel to Guelph to take on the Redcoats. They suffered yet another loss to Sarnia this past weekend. Following Saturday's away game, the playoffs will kick off. Stay tuned for the schedule as it is going to be announced. Uh, Following the playoffs, we will have the Ambassador Cup uh, championship game between our Windsor Rogues and Detroit Cobras. So more on that as it unfolds, but that's going to be it for this week's edition of Wind City Sports Podcast. New episodes of Wind City Sports air every Thursday live on 99.1 FM C-Jam in Windsor, Ontario and Detroit, Michigan. And they replay the show uh, the next day on Friday at 4.30 for your drive home from work. You can go back and listen to all 106 episodes of Wind City Sports on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you find podcasts. And we also have some exclusives on YouTube with our new channel and also some previews from uh, past and present uh, and upcoming interviews. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just search up Wind City Sports and you should easily be able to find us. Uh, we have actually three different uh, usernames for all three of those. So just search Wind City Sports and you'll see the logo. kind of looks like Run DMC. And uh, give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be. Next week's episode, as I talked about a little bit after the interview portion, it's going to be cut down uh, quite a bit because we have another lengthy one this time. Uh, It's one that every hockey fan is going to want to hear. Not necessarily a hockey player, but uh, next week here on Wind City Sports from right here in Windsor, Ontario, born and raised until he moved out to Nevada, uh, it's George Salami. If you've never heard of him, then uh, you're going to be in for a treat. George Salami is the head of the ice crew, uh, so to put it into layman's terms, the Zamboni guys, at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. He's the ice crew chief for the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. For the first little while, me and George just kind of shoot the breeze about making ice and the art and, you know, the work that goes into actually making ice, and especially at the NHL level. It's very cool to hear me being a former rink attendant, Zamboni driver. I didn't, you know, to hear these kind of stories, hear about how he got into it, how he got the job there, how he maintains that NHL ice. He talks a little bit about interacting with Don Cherry and Ron McLean on Coach's Corner, which is how I discovered him and how I found out that he was from Windsor. And also, following that, there was an article about him on the Windsor Star. So you're not going to want to miss that one if you're a hockey fan or even a Vegas-loving person. I mean, he's living the life out there, uh, making ice for NHL, NHL players for the, for the league. Uh, and, and we talk about, obviously, the success that they've had on and off the ice and a little bit of uh, what we might expect this season from the Vegas Golden Knights. So until then, smell you later.